0: Welcome to Wide Open Day. I'm Heather Kelly, and this is a podcast where I get to speak with interesting people about what it means to them to make the most of their day and how they do it. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to Wide Open Day. I am thrilled to have Kendra Fry with me here today. Kendra is a consultant and curator of community with her organization called Creative Collisions. She's also general manager of Trinity St. Paul Center. She works with National Trust and Faith in the Common Good and many other organizations. And she's also a wife and mom to an awesome 12-year-old daughter. So I'm so thrilled to have Kendra here to talk about what it means to make most of our days. Welcome, Kendra.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. So, Kendra, what does it mean to you to make the most of each day? It's interesting. As you were talking about all my uh, multi-hyphenate jobs, I had been thinking about how that has shifted in the past three years. I had a a whole career working in the theatre, and of course, in the theatre, the show will open. It absolutely will open. There is is Mm -hmm. no question. And so that timeline is so specific. And as a stage manager... Not only is your timeline specific, when you're in show, you do the exact same thing at the exact same time every single day. So coming from that and then to managing a community hub at Trinity St. Paul's, which was much more free-flowing in the sense of that time had a, a series of mark points during the day, which were continually interrupted, happily interrupted by the relationships with all of the user groups there who needed various things in their own frameworks. And then shifting from that, I'm still at Trinity St. Paul's, but I do a lot more of my consulting work now where I help communities to reimagine their place within the broader community. So both museums and hubs and faith buildings, and this is going to make you laugh, Heather, that that Mm -hmm. time can't can't be task-oriented when you're helping people to discover who they are. So true. You can't check off the box of complete the report, do the thing when you're helping people to find who they are. You have these waypoints in your head of places that you want people to travel to, but you need them to travel there. And so all you can have is mark points as someone who helps people to reimagine themselves. If you're striving, they feel it. And then they don't go there, right?
0: True. Yeah. It needs to be in its own time. But you're guiding it, right?
1: And you're Yeah But you can't push it um, unless, of course, this is that magical moment, which only happens about 5% of the time, where if you push someone, they'll fall into the thing they were meant to be. So you can't push it until the moment when you're meant to. And so what I discovered when I moved into this kind of work is that in the management of my own flow of work, I require a lot more space around the actual doing. Mm -hmm. And as a, a person who came from stage management and general management, it's super hard to make myself make space for nothing and not just like nothing like, oh, don't work too hard on things, literally nothing. How do you do
0: that? Is there a specific technique to do that consciously?
1: Yeah, I walk a lot. I'm actually really bad at doing nothing. It's, it's not a skill like that. <laughs> I so, believe that. <laughs> yeah, so the only way I can do nothing is by walking, which is something. Um, <laughs>
0: exactly. Every time you're doing nothing, you're still doing something.
1: <laughs> exactly. So then I feel okay about the nothing I'm doing. But the process of that walking is really specific, too. So I have to. I get given these big ideas, these big projects, these big things. And whenever I hit the point, which I hit fairly often, of, oh, I don't even know what to do with that then I have to not think about it for somewhere between five days and 10 days, which is a really long time. And so for five to 10 days, I have to do other things. And so it's really changed the way I manage my workflow because when I have key moments on projects or big new projects, I have to build in at least a week and a half of downtime before I'm coming up with something for people.
0: I'm wondering if that's actually mental uh, gestation time time when your brain is actually working on it, but not in the forefront of your mind, so that when you come to that time, you are actually more ready. It's just that it's not an overtly obvious planning deadlines kind of process. You know, when you ask your brain a question or give it a problem, it can't help but work on it with or without your conscious involvement. Yeah,
1: no, that's exactly what it is. It definitely is. But if I try to guide that or focus on it, it gets nowhere. So I don't really understand what that process is. It's very complicated to me what it is that my brain is doing. And my husband, who is a wonderful companion in this work, always knows that I am figured it out when I'm like, do you have time for a glass of wine tonight so that we can talk about this thing, right? And then we sit down to talk about that thing, and I always start with, okay, I literally don't know what this is, but, and then he just keeps pouring the wine and listening and saying, mm-hmm, 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 and then at the end, I know what it is. That
0: sounds like a great team member
1: and a great process. Well, it's fun at any rate.
0: Do you balance that or do you offset that with any kind of systems of goals and scheduling or planning in other ways. I'm wondering what the relationship is between your think time, your active not doing time and your active doing time.
1: Yeah. So I always have to-do lists and they are written on piece of papers in my various notebooks. So I have a notebook for not necessarily each project, but for each segment of my, my life. And I have to-do lists where I'm literally crossing things off because that's important to me. I don't know. Crossing a thing off is uh, a great source of, of joy to me. So satisfying. <laughs> I know, right? And I try to balance the, the doing of technical things to help people get to places. You know, the reorganizing of PowerPoints or the reorganizing of talks I'm giving or things that don't require the creation of new things. So just recombinations of old things in light of new information. Or the, you know, reading of their reports, look at your usage patterns, let's look at what your space is like, let's read these plans and these design things and talk to the architect, those kinds of things against the thinking time. So I'd say that the thinking time is about, I don't know, 15% of my working process and 85% is actually doing. But without the 15, I can't get to the 85, so I have to sort of cheer my projects. So that they're all at different points and once in a while it it goes sideways and they're all in thinking process and then, you know, my runners get worn out as I just walk and walk and hope I'm (laughs) figure it out soon. (laughs) It's
0: great. It's interesting that you said that you've got different notebooks for different segments of your life rather than say different projects or different goals. How does that work?
1: Yeah, so Trinity St. Paul's has its own notebook. Um, I learned early on that I just scribble notes on everything. I can use organization apps and those kinds of things because I don't actually like computers. So I need um, physical things that I carry around with me everywhere. So I have a notebook that's Trinity St. Paul's, and then I have a notebook for each of my major projects. So the National Trust for Canada gets a notebook to itself because I've been working with them for years and all the things I do with them interrelate. And then uh, I have, I don't know, right now I probably have 10 other projects, and so depending on their scale, they either get a whole notebook, a half a notebook, or a piece of it with little tape flags that mark where they are, mm-hmm. and then basically anything that has to do with that project, I'm writing it down within that section, so notes while I'm talking to people, and deadlines of things I have to do, and to-do lists, and and everything, and then Before all this chaos, ideally, two days a week is spent entirely on my consulting work, sometimes three days a week. And I try to choose half-day segments. So this half-day, I'm working on Metropolitan United. This half-day, I'm working on National Trust and so on and so on. And then every day, the first hour of every day is the melange of chaos. So between 9 and 10 a.m. every day, I answer everybody's everything because then that sets them off to do whatever they need to do next. You know, thankfully, my partners have been pretty good about leaving space for who needs what at what time, and understanding that I will always be to them within 24 hours. It just might not be the exact moment they want. Has that
0: changed a lot with the COVID 19 effects on the ways
1: of yeah. <laughs> communication flowing differently, work yeah. flowing differently? Yeah, it's all it, it's all everything all the time now. And so, I actually am one of the few people I know who has quite strict guidelines around my life that I, I worked worked before COVID-19 between 9 and 5. And then uh-huh. my, my phone went away until 9 p.m. when I would respond very lightly and only if it was super important for about half an hour. And then that was that. And then my phone was on priority calls only until the next morning. And during COVID-19, it's just literally not possible because the number of boards that I need to speak to about the number of things means that I have all kinds of eating hour phone calls and then a lot of my projects involve a lot of seniors who may not have the infrastructure necessary and need coaching in advance of things to be able to take part and so now it's kind of all a messy melange so I keep doing this thing where in my phone I keep replanning what I'm going to do the next day and then moving it and moving it and moving it so that's the only device I seem to be successful at using is my, my phone calendar. My, my poor husband used to be copied on all of that. He's like, you literally write everything in your phone. But that's how I use it. I I myself of what to think about.
0: Do you schedule that or is it note taking? Yeah.
1: No, a I phone. schedule that. So I'll write into a chunk, think about uh, Knox and the Stratford Arts Collection. And then I may get to that and that may not be the right thing to do at that moment. But at least it rings that bell, which maybe also is part of the not thinking, thinking process that I keep ringing the bell and going, right, Stratford Arts Collective, what do I want to do with that?
0: Well, I love that it's also allocating time for thinking
1: and for doing. Yeah, that's the theory. And then with COVID-19, of course, my kid is here. And she and I actually shared space quite a bit before as well. So her and I have had about six months where we've both been in the house at the same time, a lot of the time. So she's gotten pretty good at checking in before jumping in. But uh, the nature of it right now is that if she wants to do something with me because she's 12 and that's rare, I kind of just drop everything. If she's interested in me, I'm in. Her online school goes from 8.45 to noon and then from 1 to 3.45. And so if I really want to focus on something, I put it during those times and the less focused things between, you know, noon and 1 and 3.45 till 5 kind of thing. And then the other interesting thing with COVID-19 is that I can't actually work eight hours. Before then, it was not uncommon for me to work a full day at Trinity St. Paul, come home, as I said, put everything away, have dinner, do all the things. And then at night, I might even go back to work on other projects for an hour, hour and a half. But with COVID-19, I can only work from like 10 to 4, 10 to 5.
0: I think energy is flowing so differently for so many of us. Well, there are so few small tasks now.
1: There's very little just like checking in with people and saying, hi, everything has uh, a timeline and an urgency and an importance to it. And so if everything's important, I can only do so many important things in a day. So I've really shifted, like I start every day now with a run or a bike ride. Or a walk, I don't, I I get my kid into school and then I don't start my own work until 10. Now I just, I tried the first two weeks to do what I used to do and it just did not work out. Yeah, finding
0: new approaches, new timing for things. What I love about what you're saying too is that it's good for your mental health, it's good for your physical health, and it actually is also supportive of your work.
1: Well, and interestingly, I think having a shorter workday makes me less likely to daydream or get caught up in the bad thoughts that come with COVID-19 because I'm not actually giving myself enough hours to get distracted. (laughs) A little urgency never hurt anybody, right? You're like, oh, my heavens, it's 4 o'clock. I've got to finish this, which is completely false, right? Because my office is like, it's like literally set up in our front window, on top of my old art history book. And at the end of the day, we pack all my stuff up, all my computers and put them all away, right? Like it's not, I could work past five. I just don't.
0: Also, that's interesting that you're working from home and packing up and putting everything away at the end of the day and then bringing it out in the morning again.
1: Every day it all goes away. And when I worked from home before, I did not work in that window at all. That was not where I was. So there's something about this where I need to see the world all the time, you know. I sent you a picture of the groundhog that visited me this week, and it's a major (laughs) event.
0: I can't tell you how much I love it when my neighborhood squirrels and this one cardinal comes by almost every day.
1: It really makes my day. You can mark time by the cat who runs across your front yard and the toddler who throws a fit out for their walk with their parents. I guess I need to be looking out at the world all the time now where I used to work in a more interior space in my house, but I can't do that right now.
0: I think a lot of people are probably set up in their dining rooms and their living rooms, their basement or wherever they have a space to be able to work from and are leaving it there all the time, which I suspect has potential
1: to increase stress levels because you're always seeing your workplace. I would think so. I've got to be pretty committed to reopen my computer at night. You know, Unless I've scheduled a meeting for someone, I'm mostly not reopening yeah. that computer. Once it goes away, it goes away. And then, and interestingly, in our social in quotation marks life, we've developed uh, a rhythm as well that we're totally sticking to. So Friday at five, we have a socially distant beer with our neighbors. So everybody stands on their porches and drinks their beers. And then Saturday nights is when we do an online quiz show all together as a family, you know. And Thursday nights is when we schedule a, a, a catch-up call with some family friend on Zoom. And that's so that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, that's our our sequence for us for the week. And that's really working. It's scheduled social time. That's fantastic. Is there something m-
0: meaningful that at the end of the day you think, yeah, I made the most of today?
1: For me, it's always about the to-do list. Before COVID-19, my to-do list for the week might have had 18 or 20 things on it for a week. And during COVID-19, it's more like 35 or 36. So I guess I have in mind that at the end of a week, I'm trying to have completed like two-thirds of that. That to me feels like I've accomplished something. Then also it's more to in the sense of the motion of my partners. Like did I kick that ball just enough to keep it rolling enough that no one is panicked but also no one stops? Unless they wanted to stop, some have chosen to stop. A lot more actually have started. So I'm busier than I've ever been. I've added five projects in the past four weeks. It's fascinating how that's happening. It's true. Yeah, are you finding, really... that too, that people are finding that too? I am finding that. I thought like in week three of this, I thought to myself, ooh, I might run out of work to do. And then, yeah, no, I was really, really wrong. I'm not going to run out of work to do. Yeah, so I guess it's meaningful to me if I've done those things. And it's meaningful to me if my house is still in balance. Like we don't all have to be okay all the time. But I have to wake up feeling like it's relatively in balance. Thank you so much,
0: Kendra. It's always wonderful to talk with you. And I think that's a perfect note to allow to resonate. All right. Thank you so much. No problem. Thanks, Heather. This has been an episode of Wide Open Day. I'm Heather Kelly. Thank you for being here. You can find more podcast episodes and articles at wideopenday.com. Until next time, be well, and I hope you find ways to make the most of your day, whatever that means to you.